Welcome to Drawn Out, a podcast about Disney animated film. I'm your host, Brooke. I'm your other host, Chase. We have a guest today. A guest? We've never had one of those before. Oh my goodness. Um, this is weird, because I didn't ask you how you wanted to be introduced. It's fine. <laughs> this is my friend, Maddie. Hi. <laughs> uh, Maddie does a lot of things. I wouldn't even know where to start, which is why like, normally I'd be like... This is who you are and what you do, but you do so many great things. Thanks. Um, I am a professional makeup artist and prop fabricator. I used to do cosplay. Now I help run several full-time LERPs in Southern California. I also babysit and dog sit and house sit. And, oh dear God, I'm never not working. <laughs> this is true. You were very, very, very hard to get yeah. into a recording studio. But I really wanted to do this episode because it is one of my favorite movies. Which is really great, because Brooke nor I have seen this film, so for someone who's really into Disney nostalgia, it's great to have someone who's nostalgic for this movie. But before we watch whatever oh, our wow. great movie is, not like it's in the title or anything, <laughs> uh, before we watch, we have some questions for you. Oh boy. What was your favorite Disney movie growing up? Uh, honestly, it's probably a tie between Mulan and Hercules. Ooh. I remember watching Hercules a lot when I was sick. Like, that was my go-to movie to watch when I was stuck at home because I was sick. But I related a lot always to Mulan. Always. Always, always. That's, yeah. <laughs> I think she's really like a genderqueer gateway. She really is. <laughs> She really is. And I think that's probably what it was. <laughs> is she also your favorite princess? Or do you have a different favorite she's princess? She's not my favorite princess, Ooh. actually. Because she's also not technically a princess. Mulan is technically a princess. Really? Yeah, Mulan is in the canon for princesses. Which is so weird, because all she did was marry a general. Yep. Who was adopted by the emperor or something? I don't know. No? Okay. No. I just, there was like a very fatherly relationship between the Emperor and Shang at his, the end of that film. His dad was close with the Emperor. Yeah. And so that was like his grandson. I, I guess. But they were not. But, related. you know, but we don't have a real Asian princess yet, I guess. So. Literally, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's, yeah. yeah, that's the answer. No, is. that's well, not, not an East Asian princess. Yeah. Sorry, Jasmine fans. Yeah. Um, no, that's, no, she's not Asian. Uh, Middle East is not Asia. Middle East is white. Oh, I, I always if thought we're her, I, I, about, I always thought Caucasian. of her. I thought of her as per, uh, more as Persian, and that's South Asia. No, Persia is the Middle East. Okay. South Asia would be India or okay. Myanmar, or Vietnam, Pakistan, Pakistan. Russia. <laughs> Russia's included in that too. If you're on the farther side. Well, it's true. yeah, because most of but Russia is not white. Who were recently in the news, so that's fun. Uh, <laughs> um. Anyway. Mulan's a princess, so she does count, and That's she's fair. also a hero, and her question is princess slash hero. Um, it is a tie between Merida, mm -hmm. I love my Scottish girl. Mm -hmm. It was both very funny, but I am still sort of upset at the treatment she got in Wreck-It Ralph 2, because she was just a joke. Yeah, she was a punchline. I'm like, but she's... It was a good punchline, though. <laughs> whose family is all from glass mm. it's funny yeah however she deserves better because they haven't touched her since her movie came right, out right right other than that um i really like moana moana is my new favorite moana's pretty yeah, right i love her she's beautiful and perfect and that whole movie is beautiful and perfect <laughs> very true yes yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> um mm. 
What is the next question? <laughs> <laughs> um, who's your favorite villain? Ursula. Yes. I always wanted to be Ursula. I'm like, yes. that's, Ursula's the second genderqueer gateway, Yeah. honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I if you're into she, villains. If you're into villains, when I learned she was based off of Divine, I was like, oh my god, I love her. I mean, Divine is an oh, icon, horrifying icon in some ways, because <laughs> some of the things that she did was buck wild. Um... <laughs> But Ursula as a character is very interesting, very compelling. Mm-hmm. I even liked her sister in The Little Mermaid too. I like Morgana too. I like Morgana, <laughs> so I guess I just like the octopus ladies. They're pretty cool. Yeah. But runner-up, definitely Maleficent. Mm-hmm. I do like her a lot. Mm-hmm. She is an icon. She is, I've loved her since she was like, you didn't invite me. It's like, y'all... You hecked up. That's mm-hmm. like number one Fey rules. Like, mm-hmm. even if she, you don't want her there and she doesn't show up, you invite her anyway. So you deserved it, honestly. <laughs> you done hecked. I'm surprised no one said Ursula before. Yeah. Really? Really. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. So this is nice. A nice yeah. change of pace. Yeah. Um, favorite song? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For soundtracks, I like all of Moana. I mm-hmm. think... One of my favorite and sort of underrated songs is Friends on the Other Side. Like, Very true. I really like Dr. <laughs> Felicier. Mm-hmm. And I'm really glad he's gotten more inclusion at the parks, especially for yeah. Hocus Pocus Holiday. Okay, the, but his whole... park face cast I love person. Them. They're so good. Very attractive. Yeah. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I'm very glad that they've stuck him into the parks because he's a great character. And I'm glad that they put him in Tiana in New Orleans. Yeah. So... Otherwise, you know what? I do. One of my other favorite songs is from Oliver and Company. Why should I worry? Is is one of my other favorite songs. Is that the one that Dodger sings? Mm-hmm. Okay, gosh, it's been so long since I saw that movie. I love Oliver and Company. Have you seen Oliver and Company, Brooke? Maybe. With the little orange cat. I think I've seen parts of it. it messed me up so bad. The as dog with the red scarf that like I, I know I, I know I, I know I know I saw ads for it, but I don't know if I actually watched it. No, I loved Oliver and Company, and it was. I think it's because it was edgy. Mm, it is one of the darker films. It is. I mean, I mean, it's based on Oliver Twist. Twist. <laughs> it's based on Oliver Twist, and compared to like the Wicked Witch and Snow White, like. You, it's not left ambiguous what happens to the villain. He straight mm-hmm. up gets, like, hit by a train while mm-hmm. he's in his car. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> it's pretty dark. Yeah. However, I love the poodle. Her song is iconic, <laughs> too. That She's song is very fun. Uh, okay, one more question for you. Yeah. What's your favorite Disney movie now? Uh, Coco. Because <laughs> it's... I cried like a baby because mm. um, that's part of my culture that I've never been able to sort of connect with because I was raised in a mostly white house. You mm. know, I'm half Hispanic and half uh, Native American, but um, actually at the LARP that I run called Undying, uh, we have a culture that's based off of uh, Latin America and we actually had an ofrenda set up and all of our friends, because it was around Halloween, put up actual pictures of their family mm. and friends who they had lost. Mm-hmm. And we had lost um, a friend from Fair uh, last year. Her name was Jocelyn, and she died uh, giving birth. It mm. was rough, but she had an entire little corner of the ofrenda, and like it broke everybody in a good yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. And so the fact that that got to be shared with people who aren't familiar with that aspect of Latino culture mm-hmm. was really important. Mm-hmm. Really important. Also, the songs are really good. 
Really and the animation is beautiful. It's mm-hmm. so colorful. Yeah, like, oh, it's gorgeous. It's I, so pretty. I feel like I've heard some... Mm-hmm. I, from Hispanic friends who are like, oh, it's just another Day of the Dead movie. Like, it's the only one we always get. But, like, it goes in deeper in ways that I hadn't seen before. It actually explains what I... I feel it explains more about what uh, Dia de los Muertos means to families than, mm. like, any other movies. Like, mm-hmm. um... Book of Life. Book of Life was fun. It didn't yeah. explain what the actual tradition means to real right. people. It was right. a good time, though. But this one was actually, like... It started off with explaining what the ofrenda is and mm-hmm. ended with respecting the ofrenda and mm-hmm. how everyone comes together and mm-hmm. it was just yeah. I cried like a bit. Like Val had to look at me and be like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not. This is a very good movie. <laughs> it's very good. Uh, um, before we go, watch. Do you have any fun Disney park memories? Um. I have one good one that, that was recent. My two friends uh, got engaged recently, last year, and it was a whole surprise. We had like 70 people oh my crammed gosh. in the hallway at Haunted Mansion ah! because it was, it was set up to be that they were on just a special vacation and Allie, who was the one proposing to Aya, had gotten this like special tour of the Haunted Mansion and so they got a elevator all to themselves with just our two other friends who were filming and when the lights went off she was on her knee lights came back on she was she was asking Uh and then we heard this very muffled yes Aya hadn't even noticed the 70 people crammed in the hallway and then we all just erupted into cheers and it scared the hell out of her she didn't realize that there were there were that many of us who had shown up to, oh my to gosh. be there for them getting engaged. It was very... Yeah. That is so cute. That's amazing. I love it. It was so cute. I love park proposals. That one's my new favorite. Yeah. <laughs> it was very good. It was something definitely that I don't think, like, even most cast members have seen before in terms of park proposals. And Haunted Mansion is my favorite ride, so I was automatically like, yes. Yeah. Whoever's sitting next to me, I'm so sorry. This is... Theme park lore is one of my hyper-focuses. Let me tell you the entire history of the Haunted Mansion. <laughs> Did you know it was going to originally be a water ride like Pirates of the Caribbean? <laughs> hey. Unfortunately. Like, that's... More of my Disney stuff is related mm-hmm. to, like, the actual history of the theme parks, so... Sure. Well, and, like, you do more, like, prop work and, yeah. like... I remember, I think when we met, you were working with escape rooms or yeah. something. So, like, that is much more your speed... But we're very excited for you to be on a, here with us for Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Very excited. When was the last time you watched it? A couple years ago, actually. I watched it with my partner, I think, just because we were like, what can we put on while we do something else? Mm-hmm. Put that on. And then I put it on... No, actually, I watched it a couple months ago because I put it on while I was babysitting. And oh. the baby was enchanted. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. And I realized recently that there might be a song from Bedknobs and Broomsticks that I will remember because it was on my Disney sing-along tapes. Ah. I think I had one that was, like, nautical-themed. And then is there a part where they're, like, go underwater or something? I remember that from the movie trailers. Yeah, so I probably know the one song, but I probably won't even, like, technically remember it until it happens. Right. Oh, I'm surprised it was that song and not Portobello Road. Because that one's more iconic to the movie. Well, but it was like a, a like a, a, a nautical theme. It had Under the Sea and um, 
the one from Sword in the Stone where they're oh, fish. The ups, the swish. Yeah. Whatever. I love Sword in the Stone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no, wait. I also love Sword in the Stone. <laughs> Backtrack. Other favorite Disney movie growing up: Black Cauldron. Mm, Weirdly, and I was that a, doesn't I, surprise me. I was a dark kid. I loved Black Cauldron. <laughs> Doesn't surprise me. No, I wish I, I I wish I could be on that board with people, but I anyway, that's the eighties. We'll get yeah. to the eighties. <laughs> um we're gonna go watch Bedhouse and Brimsticks and I'm really excited. That's me. <laughs> yeah, we're back. We're back. Back. Oh, What'd you think, Chase? I loved it. It was so fun. You had a good time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember um, this was on our optional list, and mm-hmm. I think both of us were like fine to skip over it. But then I remember reading like there was a Twitter post or something that was like, "It's Angela Lansbury fighting Nazis," and like, okay, so now we have to. Yeah. Yep. What? That poster failed to ne- failed to mention was that it's Angela Lansbury fighting Nazis with witchcraft. Yes, <laughs> I've always personally liked the the sort of silly headcanon that because of that incident is why the Nazis got super obsessed with the occult. Because <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah, it totally could have been. I was more thinking that guy was too afraid to fill out his report. But while watching, I did also have the thought of him being like, there's no such thing as witches. And I was like, wasn't the Nazi, like, really into the cult? So, yep. Could have been the spark that lit the flame. They were. I mean, that was only 1940. So. Yeah. Which is very early for them to land on an English shore. Yeah. So. <laughs> A little bit. A little bit. Um, I ended up not... T- I started taking notes, and then I was like, no, I just want to watch the movie. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to fill in as we go. <laughs> and my notes are very sparse. Okay. We're just going to chit-chat then. Mm-hmm. chit-chat. So we are in England somewhere. Did they ever say re- where really out in the country? On, yeah. on the shore. anywhere. Yeah, yeah. On the shore. Like when you say the country, they could, they basically mean Scotland and during World War II. That's mm-hmm. how far away they sent kids to mm-hmm. be safe. Yeah. Yeah. London. This very much had like a Mary Poppins meets Narnia vibe to yes, it. Yes, it did. Um, and uh, Julie Andrews was originally offered the part of Miss mm-hmm. Price. She turned it down. And then Angela Lansbury signed contract to appear in the film on Halloween 1969. Mm-hmm. Bless her heart. Mm-hmm. I just feel like Julie Andrews would have brought a certain level of like dignity and grace to the role when, that it wasn't suited for. Yeah, no, Angela Lansbury is just the right level of kook. She's yeah. not afraid to make ugly faces. Right, right. Which right. definitely is different from Harry Poppins. Well, yes. and, it, and it would have been weird if they had kept um, the same casting too. Yeah, where it's the dad and the Mary Poppins. Yeah, yeah that, that would have been, been, been odd. It was already odd enough as someone who grew up with Mary Poppins yeah. mm-hmm. for that switcheroo. Mm-hmm. See, it was the opposite was for say, me. Yeah. I grew up with that knobs and broomsticks, so I kind of like erased it because he plays such a different character so in Mary different. Poppins that I, it took me until I was like a young adult to connect it as the same actor. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because it's yeah super different. He's oh yeah a bumbling charlatan. Mm -hmm. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you have these three kids from London. These three beautiful little Cockney oh, jerks. Oh, man. <laughs> I love these trickster Cockney orphans. Yes. Um, you've got. Charlie, who I think is the oldest, and he's a jerk. <laughs> he's a con mm -hmm. man training. Uh -huh. so is. And his yeah. sister Carrie. And Carrie, who's just the sweet. girl. Yeah, yeah, the sweet girl. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, and then Paul. Oh, sweet little Paul. Just a little boy. Um, we didn't talk about the opening credits. We always talk about the opening oh, credits. Oh, yeah, it was based on and the- And these are spectacular opening yeah, credits. Yeah, because it was based on the bio-tapestry. Yeah, so that was actually really cool. Mm -hmm. And then I love the way it, like, transitioned into the Nazis. Yeah. And it was really cool. And medieval art is just fun. Yeah. It is. It's so kooky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then, like, there was the- weird animal stuff that we like had pointed out but it's like yeah. also the whole credits obviously foreshadow the film as yeah. many mm -hmm. good opening credits do but like the weird animals like oh yeah we went to like that weird animal island mm -hmm. and then they really, really fought nazis yeah it was good yeah um and so miss price does not want to take in the children because she has she's very busy she has picked up a parcel from the post office that is definitely very broom shaped it's like the scene in prisoner of azkaban where they're like harry open it what could it be i don't know how many things in the wizarding world have like a bulky end and the long sticky end this is weird what could it be an owl it's clearly a newt. Uh, <laughs> clearly a newt. But the nosy museum lady makes her take in the kids. She's highly relatable and a newt. <laughs> I love her very much. I love that the, the next and only other time we see her, you know she's going back to the town to tell everyone mm -hmm. that, she, that she had a man over. Mr. Brown, she the man, man she's over. been writing to. He's real. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that they just hint that like the ridiculous small town gossip in places like mm -hmm. that. It's mm -hmm. so good. Mm -hmm. Very, very good. Mm -hmm. Um, and I love the way she is with the kids at first. Yeah, she, like she's not rude to them, no, but she's like know. she's standoffish, but she's not mean. No, and she's just like, look, we both don't want to be here, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to be mean to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just be clean when you're in my house. Yeah, which is honestly totally fair mm -hmm. and acceptable. Very much how I am when I substitute mm -hmm. teach. <laughs> They're little cockney gremlins. Of course, yeah. they need a bath. Right. Mm -hmm. It's World War Two. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who Everybody knows how long they've been on that train? Yeah. Oh yeah. Time, probably. Gross. Mm -hmm. And so it's dinner and then bed and then she's off. She locks herself in the other room and pulls out her witchcraft stuff. And oh my gosh, it's a broom. <laughs> Can we talk about the cat though? I love that. I love that, I love that cat. Oh my God. Like, I have had an obsession with black cats since Hocus Pocus. Mm. And probably this movie, honestly, because I saw it first when I was younger. But just the beautiful mangy black cat, I just want one. Me too. I really, like, right now, I want to go out and adopt a black cat right now. I've been watching so many videos where people foster and rescue kittens, mm. and I'm just like, I want to do that. Yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> That's fair. Sushi is enough. She is not fond of other animals. No. At all. At all. And I live with a teenager 
who mm. <laughs> that's an animal enough you're fine Ex- <laughs> exactly well and <laughs> see it and i wouldn't want a kitten and the teenager have a whole zoo that's i understand <laughs> think about my poor mom she's got my teenage brother our uh stray cat who we rescued as a kitten but he's like the size of a main coon Ooh. oh boy and our deaf dog mm. oh wow mm. that's my mom's house that sounds like fun yeah <laughs> I, I love the scene where she's trying to figure out the flying, where she's like, no one must light a, stri- a stride for a witch is a lady, except when, cir- what was it? When circumstances apply or something? When circumstances differ? Something, so, something, yeah, something it was very, like very, that. like, do it unless you don't. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Which was fun. I mm-hmm. almost thought there would be more... Of the silly shenanigans of her learning witchcraft. Right? It sort of sets it up to be like that, and then yeah. it takes a love turn. Yeah. Yeah. I bet you that's some of the stuff that got cut. Yeah, probably. Um, and then the kids see her, and then Charlie is like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to blackmail this woman. It's <laughs> such, It's such a good response, but it's such a hard shift of, we're running away in secret. We're literally out the window. JK, Black let's go her. back, and maybe we can get money out of it. <laughs> I mean, you need money to get back to London, it's so... It's true, mm-hmm. it's true. He probably realized how poorly thought out his plan was mm-hmm. once yeah. they were in the middle of it. I, I think there... I remember it being longer when I was younger, so I think... Uh-huh. I don't think that's a false memory. I think there were more scenes in, like, her house before they mm. go off and do stuff, because I vaguely remember her mentioning, like, more stuff about her dad having been in, like a soldier and stuff. Hmm. So I don't know. I think the the full fully released version with all the cut material put back in it is harder to find and not widely available. Maybe mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah, the reason it was cut was because they wanted to hold the the premiere at Radio City Music Hall in New York, and because of you know the the live show schedule that they were keeping they're like well movie premieres have to be less than two hours so they cut down the movie to 117 minutes unfortunate (laughs) i mean if you could fly the hollywood press all the way to someplace else do it in san francisco (laughs) (laughs) if like if you must take them out of town so she agrees to Keep the kids, but, like, but they're like, going to come up with an exchange. Yeah, and so she's like, well, let's come up with a... Let me give you the travel spell from my... Uh, for the correspondence witchcraft school I've been attending. Because <laughs> yeah, she decides that she's not going to take these kids um, blackmail. Mm-hmm. So she starts by turning Charlie into a rabbit, which was... Absolutely hilarious. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm going to turn you into a toad. And then it ends up being a rabbit, and the cat chases the rabbit. Which was very good. Charlie and deserved I, it. And I love I love the animated sparkles. Mm-hmm. Every time the bed like landed, I just loved the way it went off mm-hmm. the bed frame. It reminded me of like the pixie dust on yeah. the shit. Yeah. It's lovely. This was also the last... Uh, Disney movie that Roy Disney got to see. He died a week after the U.S. premiere. Yep, and the guy who played, I believe, the bookmaster mm-hmm. died two weeks after the movie came wow. out. It was his last wow. film appearance. Wow. Yeah. He did look very old. He was. I'm pretty sure it's that guy because unless it was one of the old brigade, that guy was mm-hmm. very very old. Yeah. Yeah, that guy was really old. Yeah. <laughs> she gets another letter. Okay, she's she's just gonna like. Give a, give them a traveling spell and then they'll go their separate ways. Mm-hmm. 
But then she finds out that her school has been canceled and she does not get the last spell that she needs to do whatever it is Which she's going to be doing. She literally wanted to do witchcraft to help fight the Nazis in the first place. That is established from the beginning. Yes. yes. And I respect that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, isn't it like kind of a jerk move where she's like, okay, so we're going to have a trade. Like, I'm going to give you this spell and then you don't tell anybody. And if you break it, then you give me back the spell, which is the bed knob. But it's not like if the kids leave, they're going to take the bed with them. Like, the bed knob is going to be useless the minute they leave her house. It's not really, like, a good exchange. I mean, (laughs) children, to be fair. (laughs) Well, and a, frankly, dotty spinster. This is fair. This is very fair. (laughs) And so she figures out, oh, no. I need to find. I need to go find Professor Brown and mm-hmm. get that last spell from him. I don't care if he closed his school. Mm-hmm. All right, Paul, let's go to London. Mm-hmm. That's a very lovely song. A song about being eleven. Yeah, that's the one that got nominated. Mm, that that got Oscar nominated. Didn't win. The Oscar it did win was um, special effects. Yay. Also makes sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. I've always loved growing up stories, like the stories of coming of age, Mm -hmm. and there's something really, really interesting to me about that shifting point in your life when Mm -hmm. magic is no longer real, Mm -hmm. and you have to re-find it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not, you don't get to just say, okay, we're done, and we moved on. Mm -hmm. Life doesn't work like that, and I love the idea of... Losing something and refinding it. Mm-hmm. I just think that's really cool. Yeah. So I love that song. Mm-hmm. It's like one of my new favorite Disney songs now. Yay! That's a good one. Yeah. But uh, anyway, the cat scares him onto the bed. He yes. doesn't decide, I will join this magic carpet ride. Mm-hmm. And it's the cat. Yeah. <laughs> the cat's just making biscuits, minding his own business. <laughs> mm-hmm. Needing that bread. <laughs> Needing that bread. Aren't we all? <laughs> but then they end up in London. Yes, they did end up in London, and they find the professor, who is actually a con artist, which was very good. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and he's very bad at being a con artist And as a street well. musician. Yeah. Like, musician. Magician. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I used to be a musician, and I was like, yeah, he does the whistles. I guess that's music. Street magician, yeah. yes. Better at that sometimes, but not all the time. And so they end up blackmailing him? I forget how they get him on the bed um she reveals that she can do real magic um i think he was he was refusing to talk to her and then she turned him into a rabbit in the street maybe no that was when they were in the his house or she did but that was not the first she did something oh she did it in the street because she was holding his ear yeah that was very good um, and he's like, holy cow, mm-hmm. you, you can actually do magic. Mm-hmm. I was just making all that up based on this book that I have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she was like, Give me. Uh, all right, yeah. all right, we gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta go. Yeah. But he is taken with her instantly. <laughs> yes. Well, and I mean, it's a lot of it is you're supposed to infer like, oh, they're going to be an act. Like he can benefit from this relationship yeah. with her. I do like that they very much went like, you don't have to be young to fall in love. Mm-hmm. And the two older people mm-hmm. yeah. fell in love. And it was very sweet. Yeah. yeah. It was sort of natural. And it felt like he was absolutely smitten with her from the beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It was very good. Mm-hmm. The chemistry was pretty satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's, well, the whole family dynamic was yes. It was yes. so good. I remember because like I didn't know anything about bedknobs and broomsticks when I was a kid except what I saw in the commercials on my VHS tapes. Mm-hmm. And so I remember like okay, so they're like a family. And they go around traveling the world on a bed. I guess I get it. And someone told me, like, no, those aren't their parents and they're not married. And I just, like, couldn't wrap my head around it. I was like, so how do they all know each other? Like, what's going on? This movie makes no no sense to me anymore. I don't understand anything. Oh, no. (laughs) But it worked. They all have a great dynamic anyway. (laughs) It was very, very good. I like how they sort of just make you infer that, like, out of all the other kids, those kids are basically orphans, especially at the end mm-hmm. when, when mm-hmm. Paul is like, mm-hmm. Mr. Brown's our dad now. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> you don't have parents. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. But, but it, it's, it's very funny because, like, that is the subtext of so much media now. Oh, this is my dad now. Mm-hmm. And I love that Paul, like... It was the text. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, like, I think having a Cockney kid be a con artist is also a very good sign they're probably an orphan, too. Mm-hmm. 100% fair. <laughs> that yeah. is a trope. <laughs> well, they end up finding half the book mm-hmm. um, after a musical number that I did not quite approve of. No, it, it wasn't was as weird. Great. Yeah, it was trying to set up the um like the idea of like oh let's go, let's be yeah. an, let's be an act. It'll be great. Yeah. And I don't know. Thomas is just not he's not a super strong singer. No. And it was hard and so it was tricky for him to carry that whole song by himself. Right, right. And also like it was just like you can't do magic, and you found a girl who can, so you want a headline with her as your assistant. Yeah. Like, at that it's point, like, we oh. don't like him. Yeah. No, it's Yeah, hilarious. we don't it's like him. Absolutely fair, yeah. but it's a fun, upbeat song yeah. that, like, I couldn't get into. Yeah, that's fair. But and this, this was the, that, and this was the moment when I was like, okay, let's recast this right now. <laughs> and. Who did you recast? <sighs> I don't know. I still don't know. Who would, you, who would you cast? Oh God, don't ask me. Why do we... Like, I was editing Robin Hood the other... Literally last night. And, like, you did that again. Like, who would you cast as the pigeon that was deleted? And, like, I don't know actors. You know actors. No, You're like, the Hollywood No, expert. who would you cast now? I don't know. Someone asked me for a face cast for a and d character yesterday. And I, like didn't have anything and I spent about 30 minutes on Google and I settled on Riz Ahmed because that was the best I could do with the 15 names I know. So fair. You know, I'm just not good with faces and names. And I know, I know, I said like you that you would. My criticism was that he wasn't a strong singer. Mm-hmm. I could see Andy Samberg, or maybe I'm just in love with Andy Samberg. I mean, maybe he was, he's. I guess he's old enough. He doesn't look he, old enough. No, he's well. He is he's a baby face. He is 39, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Andy Samberg is old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I still remember when he was in Lonely Island. I'm very. I mean, he's, he's still, still a lo- he's still in Lonely Island. They're going on tour right now. 
Yeah. When they like first started, I'm just like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. 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 He's older. I mean, but no, wait, but we want wait, someone hold on. older than Andy that. Andy Samberg opposite Angela Lansbury. Because. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, um, it's a power couple, certainly. <laughs> oh, it's, it's like that. Or, or uh, it's like that episode of The Office where they watch the movie with Jack Black and Cloris Leachin. <laughs> <No. laughs> so, if we put Andy, if we put him in it, who would be Angela Lansbury? Okay, I'm trying to think. Like, who? Who is Emma Stone? Mm, she is a lovable kook. But we want somebody who is a little bit older, because she's, like, our age. Yeah. She's young. Well, and How old is Anne Hathaway now? I can yeah. see Anne Hathaway. Yeah. Anne Hathaway could do it. Yeah. And she's also a strong singer. Yeah. Yeah. And I think she could pull off kooky now. Oh, oh, yeah. Now that she's been doing more comedies and stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, the last couple times she's hosted us now have been mm-hmm. Yeah. She's still good. so ethereal, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could frump her up. Yeah. You could definitely frump her up. You, I mean, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. Devil Wears Prada, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, <laughs> Prince Princess Diaries. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mia Thermopolis was not mm-hmm. Anne Hathaway and, 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 at her and prime. We could, I don't know. Maybe we could. I will think about it because I know that we can go older than that and still be good casting. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I am kind of now into this idea of a Bedknobs and Broomsticks remake with Anne Hathaway and Andy Samberg. Because, because if Mary Poppins Returns hadn't happened, People still would have said, "Oh yeah, Emily Blunt and Lin Manuel Miranda." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do think that even though Lin still can't sing, he can't. Bless his heart. Bless his Bless heart. Bless his heart. So now, after seeing Bed Knobs and Broomsticks, do you think that whole bath underwater sequence was maybe a homage? Oh yeah, to totally. Well, because the or... because well because that song was supposed to be in Mary Poppins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if it was more of a hey, we didn't do the admiral scene in the original. We're gonna do the admiral scene in the sequel. Mm, fair. Um. But it, I think a part of they probably pulled from Ben. Yeah, visually a lot of like the fish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Totally. Yeah, well, sure and that did. was the one thing I did remember when mm-hmm. we when we got to that song. It boom, it hit me, and then they go into the club, and I'm like, oh, this is real. <laughs> I my favorite are the shrimps. Yes. The tango shrimps. Yeah, that's the one I was like, oh my goodness, I didn't dream that. <laughs> yes. The crab, the tango. Oh, were they? No, they were lobster. They weren't shrimp. Shrimp don't have. They were. The, they were. They were flamenco. They were flamenco lobsters. Yes. Yes. And the electric eels were very, very mm-hmm. good. Um, the whole underwater sequence was very. Fun. Yeah, and all the work that they did with the harnesses and mm-hmm. the, the yeah, underwater fly, dancing. Yeah, they flying and underwater job. dancing. It was all very good. Yeah. Yeah, Especially was, for when the movie came out, like, 71. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. looked real good. Yeah. Well, we made the same comment about Mary Poppins. Yeah. Like, the... That's fair. Just very... They did it... They've done a really good job with special effects mm-hmm. throughout film history. Mm-hmm. Really. Yeah, no, like, totally. I, I mean, if you even go back to the ripple in the well in Snow White, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like, they, they came up with a way to do that with, with shellac in 1937. Yeah. 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 I mean... Look at Fantasia, look at Black Cauldron, like the right. effects in Black Cauldron are horrifying and nightmarish and it's very good. <laughs> yeah. It's we've well, it's twenty nineteen and finally the Academy has recognized an artistic animated film over Disney. So I would die for Miles Morales. <laughs> I'm just putting that on record right now. 
I would die for him. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I am just enjoying knowing that, that uh, John Mulaney has been featured in an Academy Award winning <laughs> film. I love him so much. Me too. Uh, I'm hoping they do another Spider-Verse just to give Spider-Pig a bigger part. Like, <laughs> please give John Mulaney more lines. Well, Gwen's getting her film yes. next. So we're Good. doing that first. It's basically going to be Spider-Verse, but with all ladies. What, what? I'm fine with this. This is I'm amazing. so excited. Um, my, but anyway. My girl Cindy Moon. <laughs> so they end up in that animated island with all the... Oh, yeah. Who's the voice of the lion? Uh, apparently the original voice actor for Scrappy Doo. What? <laughs> yeah. I looked it up. And he, he is most credited as Archie. Yeah. From like the Archie, Archie. comics, mm-hmm. like and they made they made cartoons of Archie comics, and yeah. he did the voice of Archie. How did I not ever see an Archie cartoon in my life? How, also, how did how did okay? But if you knew who Archie was before Riverdale, like how old are you? I read Archie comics as a kid. Really? Yeah, I knew. Like I remember seeing Archie comics like in the magazines next to grocery store checkouts. No, I knew all about Archie comics. I don't know exactly. Like, I read comics a lot as a kid, and I liked Archie. It wasn't great because it wasn't superheroes, but I still Mm -hmm. liked it. He did a lot of Hanna-Barbera cartoons. Mm, That makes sense. Like, he did Jabberjaw, and um, basically all of the Scooby-Doo knockoffs where they have a sidekick who can talk. I've probably just heard his voice in a Hanna-Barbera cartoon then. Yeah. He's just just straight up Scrappy-Doo. He was... (laughs) as Adams in the original animated Adams family. Mm. Um, Flintstones, he wasn't originally Fred Flintstone, but I guess he took over the Interesting. Role at some point. And I read that he based his performance as the king on Long John Silver, like yeah. Perform- yeah. That's the very that's why he's so piratey, which was so odd. <laughs> yeah, because in like a lion who is a king of an island. Mm-hmm. But it Hmm. Who is also big into soccer? Yeah, it was and very, they called very it weird. soccer because they knew yep. they were making the movie for a primarily American audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, but Charlie called it football. Oh, <laughs> good. Did say football. Good. I like. I loved the the color commentary by Charlie. <laughs> it, was his, it was his best moment. Yeah, it was very much um, Dean Thomas and Harry Potter like give him a red card. Like now there's no red cards in Quidditch, son. Mm-hmm. This is soccer with no rules apparently. Yep. But it was so many good animations. Yeah. Guys. Um so I good. I loved that the medical team for the soccer game was a pair of vultures. <laughs> oh, just the visual implications of that guy. Yeah. So it was so good. They walking off the field disappointed every time he gets back up. <laughs> and it, there was a lot of dribbling for a soccer game like mm-hmm. um the the crocodile was dribbling the ball with his tail mm-hmm. instead of kicking it. But they it didn't use their hands. Did not. Nope. That's true. Well, isn't it called dribbling in soccer when you go back and forth with your feet? Yeah, but it's with your feet, not your tail. Okay, well, I don't have a tail. <laughs> well, and I mean, and you, and you don't, like, get the ball across by dribbling. It's not like you, you know... It, it, it looked a lot more like basketball in some points. Oh, it certainly did. I'm just... Yeah. But I'm not like, crazy, yeah, right? Can, like it's no, you, you can call it, you can call it dribbling, but it's not. But you can't you can't feasibly get the ball across the field by dribbling the entire time. It's more of a like doing it that consistently would be a party trick. There's usually more teamwork involved in actual soccer. Very true, <laughs> very true. I wonder if you had a tail, if like 
basketball level dribbling would be legal. I mean, it'd be very hard to do on grass, too. That's true. That's That's true. Well, hopefully, if the world doesn't implode with CRISPR, we'll find out. Ooh, CRISPR is uh, genetic, altering genetics. Whoa. Yeah, but in, like, good and helpful ways. So, like... Yeah, good and helpful can still be exploited. No, I know. Still makes me nervous. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, I forget. It's not exactly CRISPR, but this guy on YouTube... He recorded this whole process of him editing his own genes over time to stop being lactose intolerant. Whoa. And it worked. That's creepy. Yeah. And he's just some dude doing it in his garage. All but right. he did it. All right. So, you know, well. <laughs> you know, if, if, the if future our, is fast approaching. Future. Uh, well, if we, if we live that long, that'll be great. Yeah. Maybe Gattaca <laughs> will happen. <laughs> Have you not seen Gattaca? No, I've seen oh, Gattaca, okay. but I'm just figuring that the day after tomorrow is going to happen before Gattaca. Mm, that's, that's very possible. Fair. Yeah. I just want nanobots. Mm. Like, better healthcare. Like Baymax. Yeah. <laughs> Baymax is the best healthcare. Although I would be cool if we went so far, like, back in time that everything looked retro. Like, the 80s aesthetic of sci-fi is my favorite thing. Like, mm. in Aliens, just how everything is so retro, it's futuristic. Mm-hmm. That's a good aesthetic. We could yeah. bring that back. That'd be okay. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Or make everything chrome. Yeah. I mean, that's also <laughs> true and fair. That reminds me very much of, like, uglies and pretties and specials. Mm-hmm. There's a book coming out. Oh. Yeah. Did you read There's extras? There's already a, I was like, okay. I was like, what's the fourth yes. one? Extras. Yeah, I, I read all of the original ones, and he's apparently writing a new series wow. in that universe. Oh, I am okay. a big fan of Scott Westerfeld. Yeah, there was the one where vampir he wrote where vampirism was a parasite. Ooh, interesting. It is super cool, but every other chapter is about parasites, and so you got to be oh. prepared for that. Mm. I don't know if I'd make it. I would. <laughs> well, you, you'd be fine. <laughs> I wanted to be a forensic pathologist. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> that's, that's nothing. That's small potatoes. But, um, and so Mr. Brown survives the soccer game and he gets the MacGuffin. Mm-hmm. Do you think they reused any of that animation from Robin Hood? No. a lot of it looked similar, though. It did look similar, designs. but the, char- the character designs weren't that close. No, Milk called is not known for reusing. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And the director on this one was... Ward Kimball. Ward Kimball. Mm-hmm. Most of the reusing stuff is uh, Wolfgang Reitherman. Was okay. like, it was his big thing. Okay. Not to say they didn't, yeah. but well, Ward the... liked to show off. Mm-hmm. And, and the character design was just different enough. Sorry, though. let me rephrase. Not Ward. Milk Hall liked to yeah. show off. Mm-hmm. But... I do like Milk Mm-hmm. And wasn't he the guy who, who liked to put the head waggle into stuff? Oh man, there were like seven head swaggles I was counting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the moving your head while you're talking. That's difficult to animate. And so he did it. I was actually, while we were watching, I was like, oh, he's kind of like the 70s version of James Baxter. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. Actually. The animation was great. The gags were great. And they get the MacGuffin and they use the G word, which was Once. cool. Yeah, which is crazy because they had the entire other scene in Portobello Road. Yeah, where they showcased all of the different all infantry. Of, they had I all of the military under the British Empire. Yeah, yeah, which I mean is also not great because colonialism. But they showed yeah. off yeah Jamaica and mm-hmm. they showed off 
Indian and Mm -hmm. the Scots. Mm -hmm. Like, but then they went and were like, yes, we're going to use this slur for the Roma people. Yeah. Because it's still okay. I wish that wasn't the name of one of my favorite Lady Gaga songs. I wish it wasn't the name of one of my favorite Jaegers. Yes. (sighs) Yep. One of my my very, very, very closest friends who I met in makeup school, he is actually uh, Romani. And, mm. and, like, his parents... He was adopted because his parents died in the in the Civil War over there. Oh, wow. So, like, he's who sort of clued me into all of that. And mm-hmm. then ever since then, I've never been able to, like, not see it. Yeah. Especially oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, boho... Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, fortune teller is mm-hmm. such a specific style that is continuously used in makeup and fashion still mm-hmm. to this day. Mm-hmm. We would just sit there in makeup class and just side eye each other and mm-hmm. just be so uncomfortable. Yeah, it was rough. Yeah, I have been looking into. Um, as you can see, this is the pink room. I have been looking into rose quartz accents for the pink room and. Yeah, that word comes up a lot in those mm, searches. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. It's so sidetracking, but on the same sort of thing in the same sort yeah. of vein. In a LARP that I play called Empty Thrones, I have a orc character, and she's uh, 14, and she's a shaman, because orcs in that game are based off of various Native American tribes. And each uh, orc tribe is actually its own separate, based on a real-life indigenous tribe. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the one I play is from is based off of Cherokee, which is mm-hmm. what I am partly of in mm-hmm. real life. And like trying to get any costuming for her is mm. awful. Yeah. Like just looking at it on Etsy and all it is is tribal, bohemian, mm-hmm. native, and it's just mm-hmm. all these white girls mm-hmm. selling this. And I'm just like, Yeah. Can we not? <laughs> yeah. So I've just ended up making all my own stuff for her because I can't find anything. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah. Well, and Etsy, like, has a rule where if it's Native American, it needs to be sold by Native yeah, but, but they, they do like, not. Tribal yeah. Inspired yeah. by, and then they don't catch it. Oh, uh, yeah. It's mm-hmm. awful. No, my, um, my cousin's wife is Navajo. And nice. so when she tries to find things for her kids, mm-hmm. she she has a rough time of it in Texas. Oh, oh yeah. I can't even imagine. Yeah. I mean, over here we have the, like, no one even realizes mm-hmm. that our indigenous tribe in California is the Chumash. Mm-hmm. And they're still around. They think they're, like, mm-hmm. one of my best friends is an anthropologist and he studied it. Mm-hmm. And he actively works with the tribes still. It's just... Are there Tongva left? I don't. No, off the top of because I know that this like this particular mm-hmm. valley is Tongva, and but they, I, I think really... we've mentioned that before on the podcast actually, mm-hmm. or they you and I have talked about it. Yeah, there might be. I probably yeah. don't doubt it. They just probably don't live here specifically anymore. Yeah, probably <laughs> not. Well, and they go by some different. They've gone by some different names in the past too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just doing. We did a little bit of conservation study this week in school. And so um, I talked with my kids a little bit about the Hoopa Valley Tribe up in NorCal Mm -hmm. about what they're doing for conservation efforts up there. But that's about the extent of my knowledge of California Mm -hmm. Native history. Like, mine is just, like, I know more about tribes on the East Coast than I do about California. And Mm -hmm. that's, like, just a testament to how bad our education system is. Well, I mean, because the only thing we really learned about it is the mission system. And Mm -hmm. the mission system was working so actively to erase that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a whole mess. Yeah. But this scene 
did not do erasing. It was very much a celebration. Yeah, it was an entire party of just, like, everyone who was fighting in the war, which was really surprising. Yeah. Considering this movie was about the 1940s and made in the 70s right mm-hmm. after the Civil Rights Movement. And they actually had, like, an entire yeah. group of yeah. African-American, assumably black actors and I was actresses. nervous, so I googled, like... Brown face that I, I, in yep. bed knobs and broomsticks. Nothing came up. They so. were actually yeah. Like, the Indian people were actually Indian, mm-hmm. and the black people were actually black, and it was mm-hmm. very nice for a movie in the seventies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was very surprised. It was mm-hmm. nice. G word aside. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. G word aside. That is like one of the only sort of like ooh moments. Yeah. To yeah. be honest, which is pretty good for a movie from the seventies. Yep. Yeah. So they get their MacGuffin. And off they go to use the MacGuffin. But you can't take the magic thing into the real world, I guess. Which, I don't know, that rule never seemed... Established. Yeah, it was just sort of like an, oh, bummer. And then it turns out it was in Paul's picture book the whole time. (laughs) Which is a great twist. Because he was like, but nobody ever listens to me. That's also, okay, so I mentioned this is like a really great D&D campaign. That's such like a DM twist of a like, you guys lost the thing I needed you to find that we quested for this whole time. Uh, did you investigate the book? Oh, weird, it's there too. Here we go. We've done that in LARP too, when the, when the players have just really messed up. We, yeah. We've given them the MacGuffin because they're like, we can't finish the game unless you have this. Yeah. Please stop being dumb. Yeah. <laughs> but also, like, Charlie seems like a character that somebody would come up with. I've definitely played a character like Charlie before. Oh, Absolutely. every character I play is Charlie. Like, the disgusting little goblin creature who just wants to rip you off? Yes. Oh, as a DM, every yeah. character is oh, Charlie absolutely. as well. Uh, 100%. The characters that you build just to antagonize other people, like, either as a DM to bother your players, um, although lately I've discovered that my group has a soft pot spot for sweet characters. Like, they oh. act like they don't care, but then, like, on the drop of a hat, they will be there to defend these sweet childs. I've so I'm doing more sweet childs. For five minutes. <laughs> Literally. If anything happened to them, I'd kill everyone in this room and then myself. <laughs> That's... I had a character... He was like, I'm changing my alignment right now over the situation of this child. And I was like, I'm all so proud right, of you. All right. <laughs> No rules, great. just right. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Great build up. But so, Swift, Sweet Childs, and then Lol Gross Gremlins. The love best them. kinds of characters. Love them. Gross Paul's gremlins. and Charlie's. Honestly. <laughs> Honestly. Um, so, anyway, Charlie, Paul. Paul has the MacGuffin mm-hmm. all along. It was inside us all along. <laughs> It wasn't. It was in a book. No, and so they try to use the MacGuffin, and it turns into a song. Because what Miss Price's plan the whole time has been is to learn the spell that would infuse inanimate objects with life so that she could use the suits of armor and stuff in the local castle museum Mm -hmm. to fight the Nazis. Very, very good. Because in this small little British town, all of the the young men have already been sent off to war, mm-hmm. so it's all the old timers from World War One and mm-hmm. older than that mm-hmm. who were left to guard this town and they're all like sixty and eighty. Mm-hmm. I figured these were all your World War One vets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're still like 
war days mm-hmm. and think yeah, well, they that's got the opening it. song. Yeah. Is, is oh, them yeah. singing about mm-hmm. how they are the um, the old home guard. Yeah. 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 That's left, and that is... felt like the most Sherman-y song out of all the Sherman Brothers yeah. songs in the movie. Yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah, it did. Uh, the one that, I forget the actor's name now, but Professor Brown sings when he's with Angela Lansbury in the library. Oh, yeah. That one felt very Sherman Brothers-y. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like pop. Mm. That that one and the old home guard mm-hmm. were the ones um, that most struck me as Sherman Brothers. But did you read the little fact that Walt fell asleep while the Sherman Brothers were giving the songs to him and performing them? Oh my god! <laughs> and like Walt said, he liked the music, so they were like, "We don't know if he just had a bad day or what," but he definitely fell asleep. That's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Uh, which was very funny. But yeah, so the she defends the island from mm-hmm. the invading because the Nazis invade in nineteen forty mm-hmm. in England. Um, but she defends the island with her magic, and of course, there's the whole drama of he's gonna leave and the it's, kids are sad. It's so awkward because you can tell he doesn't want to leave and she doesn't want to leave, but it, they're like not admitting their feelings, and the kids no. are like, "But you're a dad already, so where yeah. are you going?" And you're yeah. our mom, so like, yeah. I'm sorry, you're stuck with us now. Ad- adoption? What's that? We just live here, <laughs> right? <laughs> We're British. This is this is our home now. Yeah. <laughs> he has a dream of her. Yeah, that was weird. Like, cause weird. you you kind of see like a spectral version of her in the in show the in the girl outfit, outfit mm-hmm. walking across, which is. Kind of cool. I don't know. Like it. Like the. It was a cool effect. It was a cool effect, and it was kind of cool that they were still. I don't know, but it was. On the one hand, it's gross misogyny, but on the same time, it's like, hey, Angela Lansbury is in her late forties. <laughs> <laughs> She's pretty matronly at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Yes. I think narratively, I would have liked it better if that was how the film actually ended with them doing a tour. Like, it would have made more sense to me. Yeah. But because the film does not end with them having, like, a There magic was no point show, to that. Mm-hmm. It was just odd. No, he comes... He joins the old home brigade so he can stay there with her. No, he doesn't join the old home brigade. He's going off to fight right. in Europe, yeah. Yeah. which was a very weird ending. But why was he mar- mar- marching with the... They were walking into the station. Oh, yeah, he's going okay. to go fight. Well, and... Yeah, that is weird because... You well, don't it, often see films ending with men going uh, to war. war. That yep. is an unusual way and to And he's like, oh yeah, you guys, I'm going to be back and be your dad soon. Uh, it's like... Sure you are. Sure. Okay. Yeah. That sounds feasible. Mm. But also... The actor, he was a, for reals a flight lieutenant in the Royal Air Force during World oh. War II. Nice. Yeah. I will say character arc, it makes sense for him to do this because he's constantly called a coward throughout the film. He calls himself that, calls too. Calls himself a so. coward. And, like, his story arc is about him being brave and taking charge and, yeah. like, mm-hmm. so finding it, his it way. Makes it makes sense narratively for him to go it off to war. It is strange ending, mm-hmm. But, yeah, especially World War II. Yeah, because you know he's probably the, not coming back. Yeah. And that's sort of sad. Yeah. More likely than World War One, but still not great. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, Let's no. say he did. Good. Like, I think you're supposed to assume he did. I don't know how you're supposed to assume that. You're but a child. Surely, yeah. You don't know better. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and you, 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 want the, you want that family to be a family. Yeah. But as an adult, you're like, ooh, he's probably not coming back. No. Oof. So we don't want a remake. We want a sequel in which we know for sure that he came back. <laughs> yes, I'm down with that. And then she passes down witchcraft through her family. That'd be so good. Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. And then, like, the sequel starts off with him coming back and then jumps to the future. That's Mm -hmm. fine. Yeah. I like that. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or even just, like, photographs of them would Mm -hmm. be fine. As long as we knew he came back, because otherwise Mm -hmm. it's real depressing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and they they did, I think they did a good job of that, and Mary Poppins was, like, Mm -hmm. talking about, like, how happy their childhood was together, like, so we know that it stuck. Yeah. 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 They definitely did that well in Mary Mm -hmm. Poppins. Without beating it over the head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The battle scene, though, is just all. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yes. yeah. And the and I mean and that's that's where the that's where the effects Oscar came from. Really came all from. The armor yeah. gags yeah. are so good. So good. So funny. Mm-hmm. I, and like just the German officer are just losing so, their minds. So basically, if there's Angela Lansbury and there's knights, it's gonna be a good movie. It's gonna be a good time. Have you seen Court Jester? That's a great movie. It's gonna be a good time. My favorite one is where it's just the armored legs and he's carrying the guy. He's screaming and his friend just turns around and stares at him, walking away. And these my favorite was the guy who like pulls up the armor helmet and looks inside, and then pulls down his glasses and keeps looking inside. (laughs) That was very funny to me. I like when um, like he would take off the 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 pseudo armor would take off its helmet, shake out the bullets. (laughs) That was funny. Um, Take off its leg, take off its leg, shake out the bullets, and then hit him. (laughs) That was very good. Or when he shot the bullets back, like not really shot, but like kind of spit them out, spit them out, like enough to enough to like boom, knock them out. That was all very fun. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite part though, just as a technical and practical effects person, is mm-hmm. when the magic ended for the suits. You could tell which ones were on strings being gently lowered mm-hmm. to the ground and which ones still had dudes in them. Yeah. yeah. That was fun. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh. <laughs> that armor's heavy, huh? Yeah. That's why you still had people wearing them. <laughs> but that was just a neat thing for like if you look close enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It had really good practical effects for the time periods in. Absolutely. Like, all of the Flying and weird harness stuff still holds up. Yeah, this is um, just under 10 years before Star Wars. Yeah. So this is really good. And I'm I'm a sucker for layering for mm. layering um, humans interacting with animation. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're oh, yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That was, my, that was my other favorite movie growing up was Roger Rabbit. However, the dip scared the hell out of me. I don't blame you. It's the like shoes. non-existence. Mm-hmm. The shoes. I I would cry every time the shoes oh. went in the dip. Oh. <laughs> but I still love the movie anyway. <laughs> I would get a little bit nervous waiting in line for Roger Rabbit, like when I would pass like the dip tanks oh. a little bit. Mm. I just didn't like the ride because it was like dark and you're moving really fast. Mm-hmm. I I, I still like, like the ride, but nobody will go to Toontown with me anymore. It's out of the way. The line for Roger Rabbit's always forty five minutes. If we ever go to Disneyland together, <laughs> I will spend an hour with you in Toontown. Yes. I love Toontown. Yes. I would die for when Toontown. I, when I get my pass back. I played the MMO Toontown. I would <laughs> die for Toontown. Okay. Yes. I paid for a subscription for Toontown so I could have open chat as a 12-year-old. <laughs> never used it. That was a fun MMO. I remember it. I never had it, but I do remember it. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of fun. There's actually people who saved the servers and all the information and brought Aww. it back as Toontown Unleashed as a private server so people Aww, can still play it. Nice. Since Disney shut it down. Yeah. It, it's still clunky early 2000s, mm-hmm. but it's a lot of fun. Nice. Cool. Nice. I think that about wraps it up. Yeah. Um, it's late and you people got normal jobs. We do. <laughs> I just work a theater show at night. <laughs> well, thank you so much for yeah, coming, Maddie. Lovely. 
Um, where can you be found on the webs? Oh, wow. Okay, so I can be found on Twitter as Mrs. Mothman, and my sort of prop fabrication Etsy is Skelly Moth Crafts, both on Twitter and Instagram, and will soon be open on Etsy. Nice. Yeah. And on Instagram is Double M Makeup, though I haven't worked on set, admittedly, for like the better part of a year and a half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like I still follow that Instagram, but I just never post. I'm so bad about it. I gotta get better at social media when I when I actually have my stock in my Etsy store. Yeah, it's okay. I'm lucky if I remember to tweet when our episodes go up. Yeah, <laughs> but Skellamoth Crafts will be hopefully opening soon. I'm awesome. hoping by March. Is that S K E L L A M O T H? Uh, S K E L E M O T H. Got it. Skella like skeleton. Yeah. That's, those are my two brands, the skeletons yes. and moths. Perfect. <laughs> Excellent. Just make it a name. Yeah, I did. And it wasn't taken on Etsy, and it wasn't taken as an email, and I was like, mine now. Perfect. Awesome. Um, you can find us at DrawNotCast on Twitter and Instagram, and me at ChaserTiff. Me at BreccaMimi. And you can email us at DrawNotCast at gmail.com, and please check us out on iTunes, rate, review, subscribe. Um, and Spotify, you get a look at our Spotify stats, oh, hey. which is pretty cool. Because Podbean rocks. Nice. Um, yeah, we're doing we're doing pretty good. We hit 500 downloads. Nice. Um, for all time. Yeah, we're yeah. doing pretty dope. Thank you, guys. Thanks so much, guys. But yeah, those iTunes reviews mean the world to us, and that we don't have any yet, so we would like oh. some. Hey. <laughs> we'll write a review on iTunes. It'll take you five minutes. Just say, that. hey, this is really fun. Look, Send. That's you, it. I'm okay with that. Look, if you wrote one for Onagrassi Null, the least you can do is write one for Drawn Out. Ooh. Because I love my friends. <laughs> or pl- if you're here from Plucking Daisies. And Plucking Daisies. I love my friends and all of the podcasts. Or if you're do. here from Black and Animated. Black and Animated, too. I think those are all the people we've podcast networked with before. Our coven. Um, this has been a drawn out closing. <laughs> <laughs>